This episode is brought to you by Renofi. Remodelers prefer working on renovations funded by Renofi loans. Renofi loans maximize homeowner borrowing power and eliminate the delayed payments that come with traditional construction loans. Once approved with a lender, borrowers receive 100% of funds up front. No inspections or draw schedules. Renofi's service is free and easy to use for homeowners and remodelers. Head over to Renofi, that's R-E-N-O-F-I dot com to learn more. Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Justin Goldman, CEO of Renofi. Justin is a serial tech company founder, and in the countless conversations he's had with remodelers over the past four years, Justin has identified three key lessons from the tech startup world that remodelers can learn from, and we'll hear what they are in just a minute. I'm going to do this the old-fashioned way. Okay, guys. Let's get out there and make a difference. Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. And I am here with my co-host, Mark Harari. Howdy ho. Hi there. How are you? I'm good. Man, the remodeling market is still hot, hot, hot. Isn't it great? Yeah, it's, it's awesome. awesome. Yeah. It's, you know, t- providing some management uh, challenge opportunities for improvement, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody's finding some things that they didn't think would be a problem, right? Right. And all sorts of new things. Yeah, it's great. But yeah. today we get to talk about, um, we get to talk to an someone who's been an entrepreneur, who's run various businesses, and really to focus on some of the lessons that our listeners can uh, learn from his experiences. Yeah, and, and, I, and, I love the sto- and I love the story behind it. Too. And we're going to hear all about that, too, in just a minute, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. All right, let's kick it off. Cool. Justin Goldman is Renofi's CEO and co-founder. His own home renovation was made possible by a Renofi loan. That's a unique financial product that he created for homeowners just like him. Justin is a seasoned entrepreneur, despite the young age of 40, having started his first venture as an undergrad at Penn State. Awesome university. Welcome, Justin. Thank you for having me. Awesome to be here. So you are a serial entrepreneur. Tell us a little bit about how you got started in this world and then, you know, develop the various companies that you've been involved in. Yeah, I mean, uh, my dad was a lawyer. I went to college as an English major thinking that I was going to be a lawyer as well. Um, sort of fell into entrepreneurship, had an idea, uh, and went with it at the time. I was just trying to make enough money for spring break, uh, to pay for our trip to Mexico. I uh, did not necessarily have huge aspirations. Um, but sometimes the market tells you otherwise. And we started our first company, like I said, back as a junior at Penn state, it took off and it had the entrepreneurial bug ever since I've been lucky to, to do it across a few different sectors um, from food delivery to gaming and now the renovation space. That is very interesting. And I, I, I had the opportunity to talk to you the other day, you know, and I think one of the things about being a serial entrepreneur is you have to have the ability to spot opportunities, right? And, you know, and that's like, Hey, there it is right in front of me. So let's start a company to deal with that. I want you to share the story about your very first venture while you were in college, just to Briefly, because I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, for for some people out there, this is going to make me sound very old. But <laughs> back in the day, as a junior at Penn State, uh, we used to have paper menus, and you know, restaurants would drop off the menus at your fraternity house or dorm room. And when it came time to order food for delivery, the five menus that were sitting in front of you were the five options that you had to choose from. 
And one of those days, a light bulb moment went off. It's like, hey, there's, you know, 50 restaurants in town. I wish I could see all of them. And it was a very simple idea to put menus on a website, which then turned into online ordering and a whole bunch of other things over time. Um, but yeah, it was as simple as just solving a personal pain point. And that's a theme that I have generally stuck with, you know, throughout my career. Okay, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Okay, so you've raised tens of millions of dollars in venture venture capital and you've sold a bunch of businesses. What are some of the lessons that you feel remodelers, business owners, can learn from your experiences? Yeah, I love this topic. Um, as we were getting Renify off the ground, um, which I, Renify obviously is a platform that helps lenders offer best-in-class renovation uh, financing solutions uh, to their customers. Um, we we're getting it off the ground. We went and talked to everybody, right? We talked to homeowners, we talked to banks, we talked to realtors, we talked to loan officers. And of course we talked to general contractors who were focused on you know, primary resident, you know, major home renovations. And I learned a lot um, about their business and, and their, their struggles. Um, and so Victoria, when we were talking the other day, the opportunity to share some of the conversations that I've had over the years, cause I've learned things from them. I think they've learned a few things from us. Um, uh, it, it's awesome. So I think we identified three. Uh, do you want me just to start with the first one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jump in. All right. So in the tech world, uh, it's become quite a common practice for uh, people that join a company to be able to share in the upside of the company should the company be wildly successful. Typically done through a, a stock option pool, um, and. I think people on the outside might not necessarily fully understand the benefits of that, right? Um, by everybody in the company being an owner, it you know, obviously aligns all of our interests. Um, it empowers us to be transparent because we're all in this together. And so sharing the detailed metrics of the company, what makes the company successful, what's holding us back becomes second nature. Um, and I think there's a real opportunity for remodelers to think about uh, that you know, in their own unique way doesn't mean that we need to create stock option plans, but there's there's a way to do it. Um, one of the, you know, the actually the contractor who did my house, we had a, a lunch and I was talking to him about this concept. It could be something as simple as revenue sharing, right? Hey, mm-hmm. uh, setting goals for the year. If we hit this, this, or this target, you know, basically creating a bonus plan, essentially a revenue sharing mm-hmm. plan. And then aligning everybody in the company to want to be more efficient, to get that extra project in, to get it done, you know, an extra week early because you can squeeze one more project in before the you know the bonus period ends. Um, so I really think you know the ownership and transparency concept is an easy win for remodelers to mirror in their own you know unique way. Mm-hmm. Now that would require mm, a different kind of management, I would expect to be that open and transparent with people. Do you have any tips for them on how to, like what a, what a cadence of meetings would look like or what you should focus on or how to, how to continually encourage that message? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and in the tech world, um, there's a big movement happening on this front. Um, and there, there's still a wide spectrum, right? You've got some founders or some companies that are relatively old school and keeping things the way that they've been done for a long time. And on the other end of the spectrum, you've got founders who publish everyone's salary in the whole company wow. and everything. So there's, it's, it's definitely a wide spectrum, but it's definitely moving in this direction. So the first thing I would say to remodelers is uh, as you start to hire younger and younger generations of folks, they're going to start to expect this. This is going to become table stakes. So you could either 
you know, get ahead of it and control it, or you can, you know, fall behind as far as, as far as tips. Um, number one is keeping it simple. Um, right. There's a few KPIs that drive any business that are, that are more important than others. So just make sure that those are very clear, um, and just be consistent in how you track those and how you communicate them. Um, that's the most important thing. And then sharing the problems. I think we're all guilty as founders and owners of businesses where we show, you know, we, we burden the shoulder or we shoulder the burden, excuse me, yes. <laughs> of all the issues, all the, all the issues. Um, and you're a team, you're a company, you've got, you know, nobody can solve a problem if they don't know it exists. So um, I think okay. just, you know, uh, calling them out as they happen and communicating and, and talking them through with your team, empowering them to be part of the solution is, is going to go a long way. All right, great. Okay, so that was one, you know, sharing ownership to some degree and transparency around that. What's another one? So the next one is um, around, you know, zooming out in, in, in a more uh, in, in a more regimented cadence. And so as a tech founder who has investors who have given us, as you said, t- tens of millions of dollars, um, we have quarterly board meetings. And as a founder, I definitely find myself sometimes dreading that quarterly board meeting because I have to prepare for it and take time out of our calendar. But every time I do it, I look back and go, oh, that was so helpful. And so, you know, it's a great forcing function to pull yourself out of the business instead of working in the business, uh, get to work on the business. And it forces you to take a step back, survey the, you know, the landscape, understand what's going well, what's not going well. What did you think you were going to do over the past nine days? What did you actually get done? Ah. What's most important going forward? And so my understanding from talking to remodelers is that that might happen about once a year when they have to do their taxes and they take a step back and have to you know do their books and get everything in order. And that's the moment where they really figure out like how the last year went. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's not, that, that feedback loop is too slow. Right. You can't course correct if you're only zooming out right. once a year. And so uh, call it the quarterly board meeting, uh, you know, lesson, which is force yourself to have one. Even if it's just with yourself or with your with your with your spouse or your team or right. another remodeler who you, know, you can sort of like do it for each other. Um, but just force yourself once a quarter to take that step back and analyze the business will go a long way. So because you have investors, are all of the investors on your board automatically or do you pick and choose or how does that work? That's a great question. Um, there's shareholders of Renify. There's there's dozens. There's from employees to uh, investors. The board is only made up of our biggest investors. So okay. on our board today, for example, we have two investors and the three founders. Okay, great. So a lot of our remodeling members and clients have leadership teams of their top you know, maybe four to seven key managers and any owners in there as well. Do you have something like that as well, where you meet with just the other founders and maybe key managers? And what's that cadence look like? Yeah. So the uh, way that we run our company today is uh, I have, we call it SLT, our senior leadership team. Uh, we as a senior leadership team meet um, every other week. Um, I have one-on-ones every week with, with everybody on that team. Um, once a month, we do monthly deep dives by department. So each department has to put together, you know, their overview. So essentially like their own mini board meeting, you know, in, in so many ways, you know, for marketing and for operations and, and sales. Um, and then as a company, full company, we have two all hands a month. So, uh, two all hands a month. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. That's a lot of time. One, yeah, one's kind of a fun all hands. Like we mm-hmm. just got done playing a board game actually about an hour ago, which I highly recommend. It's a great Zoom. <laughs> Zoom Any particular game. game? It's called, I actually have it right here. It's called Clock Block. Um, it's a lot of fun. C-L-O-C-K uh, Block. It's a it's a great game to play by Zoom uh, and we're, we're a distributed company. And so we have to, we have to find things that work you know, remotely. Okay, um, so our two all hands every month, uh, one is kind of fun and team building and one is very serious. We go through the metrics and, and you know, we go through the business. Okay. All right. Great. Okay. So that was two good lessons that you've learned in your entrepreneurial life. What's the third? The third is you could argue is the most important, which is um, increasing velocity. Uh, the founder of Facebook is very well known for having said, um, you know, the, the company motto in the early days was, was um, you know, move fast and break things. Um there is a huge difference that I have seen over the years in the founders who get this and then those who don't. And there's no reason why this can't, you know, trickle down to the remodeling world. Um, time, time is limited, right? And uh, if you if you set a if you set a task and you give yourself two weeks to get it done, you'll take two weeks to get it done. You could probably get that same thing done in a week. You probably get that same thing done in three days. And so the more slack you cut out of the system that starts to build, you know, pay off over time. Um, so remodelers responding to homeowners faster, getting those quotes out faster, paying their subs faster, everything will build on top of each other. And all of a sudden you'll be able to go from 15 products a year to 18 products a year, because you're just doing, you just like instilling in your team is that we go, go, go. Um, if growth and success is what you're after, um, increasing velocity is, you know, one of the most important lessons that I have learned over the years. How do you, how do you get to that when you're bringing in people like as you're expanding your senior leadership team, for example, you know, you're not going to be making big decisions on your own. I would think you'd go to them. Right. And Mm -hmm. then there's the discussions and the meetings. And what if somebody doesn't really like the idea and it drags it down? How do you, how do you avoid that and keep that velocity going? I mean, you just hit it, you just hit on a big thing, right? And and one of the reasons why startups are able to take down, you know, you know, big companies in certain areas, despite those big companies having a hundred x more resources, right, than a, a small startup, is that we can move fast. And that one of the key ways, to your point, to your question, for example, at Renify, we minimize how many standing meetings that we have. Um, so that way, when a decision needs to be made. It, it, instead of it being like, oh, we have this meeting in two weeks, we'll discuss it then. And there's 15 people in that meeting, which then just creates obviously a, a bunch of friction. It's, oh no, who are the three people that really need to be there? When are they available? Oh, in three at three o'clock today, boom, we'll get everybody on a call at three o'clock. And if it's a 10 minute call, then great. We get off the call. We don't, we don't, we don't block an hour and then take an hour just because we had an hour block. Um, so, so basically call it maybe just in time scheduling is, is super important and just the right amount of like the Goldilocks, you know, rule, like just, just the right people attending that meeting has enabled us to, to do things fast. Now you're one of the founders though. How do you feel about people making these quick decisions and you not being part of it? Cause there's only so much of you that goes around. I love this question too. Uh, Jeff Bezos uh, from Amazon is famous for um, coining the concept of type one and type two decisions. 
Um, and his belief is that, you know, type one decisions are quick decisions that can be, you know, rolled back um, easily. And we shouldn't in kind of in the spirit of what Mark from Facebook would say, right. Move fast and break things. Like we shouldn't be afraid to make mistakes because right. if it's a type one decision and you can roll it back easily, then we'll, we'll learn quickly and we'll, we'll, we'll iterate uh, a type two decision is something that is going to be hard to roll back. That should be done carefully and memos and research should be done appropriately. So I think Victoria comes down to knowing is it a type one or a type two decision when it was type one really fast when it's type two, you know, do your homework. And now a brief break to talk about our sponsor, Renify. Renify helps homeowners maximize borrowing power and consider their renovation as a monthly expense rather than a lump sum payment. Remodelers prefer projects funded by Renify loans due to increased project sizes and homeowners having the funds to pay on time. Head over to Renofi.com, that's R-E-N-O-F-I.com, to learn more. Renofi is not a lender. Rather, they've partnered with lenders that leverage Renofi's technology to seamlessly provide Renofi loans. Visit Renofi.com to learn more about availability and to schedule a call with a renovation advisor today. Renofi is licensed as a mortgage broker and it's NMLS ID number 1802847. Tell me just quickly about, like, how did you spot the opportunity for Renofi and by the way, thank you very much for being a sponsor of ours now. And we look forward to seeing you in person at the summit this fall. But so how, what was the, what was the aha that brought this about for you? So explain that to me. Uh, it's actually about as a cliche as a founder story as you're ever going to find. <laughs> uh, my wife, Megan and I bought uh, our house in the Philadelphia suburbs uh, back in 2013. It was a house that was built in 1963. Uh, four bed, two and a half bath, like the most standard house you could possibly find in, you know, uh, suburban America. Um, and we bought it. We knew that there was a bunch of stuff that we we're going to want to do to it. Um, but it was it was good enough to move in. And uh, we, were, we were happy. We had one kid at the time. Fast forward three years later, we watched a lot of HGTV. We have <laughs> dreamed about all the things that we were going to do to this house. At this point now, we went from one one kid to three kids. And so it went from just like cosmetic needs when we first uh -huh. moved in to functional and cosmetic needs that, you know, were driving our, our motivation. And so we had contractors come out and walk them through. We told them our whole like vision of everything we wanted to do. And we, you know, we had, you know, a little bit over hundred K 150 K maybe in our, in mind for like what we wanted to do. And then Contractors came back a few weeks later and we got this quote and man, was it a lot more <laughs> than oh. we were expecting. And I was like, oh, Meg, don't worry. Like, I got this. And I went to our bank and I said, hey, I've heard of a home equity loan. Like, tell me about it. Like, how do I, how do I, you know, I have some savings, but how do I, you know, tap the equity to pay for more? And long story short, we'd only been in the house for less than five years. So we hadn't built up that much equity yet. And basically the amount of tappable equity they had, they, they told us that we had was, you know, you know, a very, very tiny amount. And the quote that we had was a very, very big amount. And there was a huge, <laughs> there was a huge disconnect. And that, you know, just got the light bulb going of like, Hey, I can't be the only homeowner who bought a house that needs to be fixed up. Um, I'll never forget Meg. I got home from the bank that night and told her the, the bad news that like, we were not going to be able to do renovation this year. We didn't have the, 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 the equity. Um, she essentially threw her, hand, her hands up in the air and said something along the lines of, by the time we can actually afford to do what we want, our kids will already be going to college. Like, what's the point? And that 
stung in a way that I guess ultimately motivated me to start a company to, to solve the problem. <laughs> that's awesome. Great story. It's always the wife that's the reason for inspiration. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what if I wouldn't have existed if I didn't need to make my wife happy? <laughs> happy is, wife, happy life. That, what can I that say? Is, that is for sure. <laughs> well, uh, well, on that note, Justin, I want to, since we're talking about your personal life as it is anyway, why don't we uh, jump into some more personal questions and get into the lightning round? Let's do it. And now, here's the Remodeler's Advantage Lightning Round. It's a trap! All right, let's put 60 seconds on the clock. What is your favorite business book and why? My favorite business book is The Art of Possibility and why it teaches you how to think. If you weren't the CEO of Reno5, what do you think you'd be doing? I would like to think that I would be the general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> what are you not very good at? According to my wife, I would say multitasking. Your room, your desk, or your car, which would you clean first? Oh, my desk all day. It's been way too much time. Do you apply the five-second rule to dropped food? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Name a TV show you grew up on. Uh, Saved by a bell. <laughs> What's the weirdest thing I'd find in your refrigerator? Ooh, uh, lots of non-dairy everything from cheese to milk to you name it. Cheese, okay. <laughs> hey, I'm starting on that path myself. I didn't even know half that well, stuff existed without dairy. <laughs> All right, fun. Justin, this has been awesome. Now, I really appreciate you coming on and telling us a little bit about what you've learned as you're in your career as an entrepreneur. And we're looking forward to hearing more about um, Renofi. How would people find out more about Renofi? Sure. So both consumers and remodelers alike can, can visit our website, uh, www.renofi.com. And on there, you'll see things like calculators and a whole bunch of different tools to help homeowners understand how much borrowing power they have uh, with, a, with a loan like a rent by loan. All right. And because you didn't really get into it in too much detail. Basically, you're able to, if you want to just give a quick high level on what the sure. difference is between what, yeah. why, why you fixed it, I guess. Yeah. So I think most remodelers, that, that's the, the, the general audience for this, this podcast, are going to be aware of things like a construction loan or an FHA 203K loan or a Fannie Mae Homestyle loan. Uh, and those loans are great for their, for their purpose, um, but less than 1% of home renovators today use those products. And every other major purchase that we make in our life, people do use a purpose-built financial product, right? You buy a house, you get a mortgage, you buy, you buy a car, you get a car loan. So why is renovation the only major purchase where people don't actually use financing? And it comes down to that those loans weren't truly designed for renovation. They were really designed as, you know, for construction like, and gr typically ground up construction. Um, and so we recognize that those products cause a lot of headaches for a lot of people involved, the homeowner, the contractor, even the lender themselves. Uh, we found that a lot of lenders would try to encourage homeowners not to take out that product from them and take out one of their other products that are easier. And so we realized that that made no sense. Um, with that said, those loans do allow homeowners to borrow on the future value. And when you allow a homeowner to borrow on the, based on the future value, not the current value, or it, better, better phrase as the post-renovation value, you dramatically increase a homeowner's borrowing power. We see on average an 11x increase in borrowing power. Wow. So while those, lo those loans have that magical principle, 
they're sort of stuck in an archaic loan uh, product that um, most people don't find to be that useful that often. And so we had to go back to the drawing board and come up with a solution that would be easy to use and that would meet the needs of homeowners and unlock that borrowing power um, in, in a more seamless manner. So in our in our loans, Renify loans, um, the money goes right to the homeowner. The money doesn't have to go through draws and inspection process. It's a much easier loan. If you're knocking a house down and you're building a house from scratch, our loan's not for that. Our, our loans are for remodeling, kitchens, bathrooms, basements, small additions, you know, the typical stuff. If you're doing like, big time construction, then you're still going to need one of those construction loans. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. Now, before I let you go, I want you to share your five words of wisdom and why they resonate with you. Uh, it's from the book, uh, The Art of Possibility. Uh, there's a chapter and it talks about um, giving everyone an A. So, so my five words are always give everyone an A. And so the chapter in the book is talks about you never you don't know what people are going through in life um you can't be inside someone's head uh the more you can think positively about someone and, and give them the benefit of the doubt and, and turn them into a champion um the better every situation you'll ever be in you know will be and it's something that i i never forget that's awesome great thank you so much for sharing that it's good Justin, thank you very much. We appreciate you. And again, look forward to seeing you in a couple of months in uh, the Gaylord National Harbor, just outside Washington, D.C. Thanks, Justin. Thank Thank you so much. You know, it's kind of neat that he has, over the years, spotted these opportunities and allowed himself to, you know, go out and build these businesses. Yeah, I mean, you know, I always have those... um... The thoughts too. I just usually think, oh, I wish somebody else would do this. <laughs> really? I don't think I'm going to run out and do it myself. <laughs> well, he's really, you know, got some some chutzpah, I guess is what they say about you know finding investors and taking those loans and then having to report yeah. to. I mean, this, ah, but it's cool. It's a cool product. And that third thing, that third tip uh, that he said he kind of borrowed generally from, I think it was Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, mm-hmm. the whole um, move. move fast and break things. Yep. Probably don't want that to be the motto on your production team, yeah. <laughs> but, but I could see that working uh, kind of at the executive level. Mm-hmm. And customer service <laughs> level and communications yeah. and some of that stuff, right? Yeah. I don't it, think I want my carpenters running around no, with that attitude. No, no, but it really made me think about how we think about the fate what was it, level one, level two decisions yeah. around here. Hey, if it's not going to have a big impact, let's not stress it. I mean, not a big impact, but a big an ability to pull it back. If it's, if it's easy, something you can roll back. Right. So let's try it. Right. right. Yeah. I think the challenge is having everybody be on the same page on how to define right. the, yes. the, the ah. level one and level two. Yeah, stuff. you and I probably would have a lot more level uh, ones <laughs> than most everybody else in here. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, uh, I, I think yeah. most things can be rolled back. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> so, That's bad. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? Right. That's that's uh that's the disc we we have right we share the that's same our personality yes, profile yes we share the same profile <laughs> uh, well that was really cool we want to thank uh, Justin I almost called him Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> <laughs> not an insult <laughs> no uh, we want to thank Justin for being here and sharing the three lessons that he's learned in all his startups and um, we want to thank you for listening week in and week out I'm Mark Harari and I'm Victoria Downing see you next time. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the Remodeler's Guide to Business. Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about roundtables 
our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.